What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Mid Catch Up Podcast, episode 32. The Miseducation of with your host, Lofton, aka Mr. Hazel Donis, aka Mr. Cumberbun, aka Mr. Nice Guy. And I got my co-host down here. We got the perspective today. <laughs> Melissa is here to help us out with the show and everything like that. Thank you for your perspective. And we have our guest, one of an uh, 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 Air Force veteran, one that taught me how the Air Force goes when I got into my first <laughs> job, flying high into the blue and all that other stuff. I got my girl, Twyla, in the building. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with us, Twyla. I really appreciate you coming and seeing me. So now, like we always do, like we always do, we got to start the show out asking, yo, how your week was? Melissa, tell me how your week was. How are you doing? It, it was pretty good. It was pretty short. But um, I had a Monday and Tuesday off and was only working Wednesday through Thursday this past week. Uh, but I'll be working next week on the holiday week. But um, I do have Thanksgiving off. But the week was pretty smooth. Um, a lot of work waiting for me because I took some time off to move. But yeah. So. Nice. Ah, moving it, moving on up, are we? Moving yeah. on up. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. My week was uh, my week was pretty, pretty eventful. We had a lot of stuff going on. Of course, at work, we doing inventories. We had a, a e valve going on, and then you know we tried to go out there and and uh, support the veterans. So we went out to the Grammatica. Uh, he was a a kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we went down to okay. uh Grammatica kickball tournament. So he has a kickball tournament that he puts on for uh veterans to build them houses and things like that if they were in a uh, in dire need. So we went out there, we had a our, our team was called Kick Tees and uh we had a little, you know, had some provocative nicknames on the back of the jerseys <laughs> and whatnot. So we was out there doing our thing, having a good time. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you know, your boy had like four home runs. I was out there, That's what you know what I'm saying, doing the thing. <laughs> but we were still getting L's. We was losing like a mug. So, uh, but then, you know what I'm saying, the wife was out there hustling and bustling. And then uh, it became a combat sport a little bit because yep. she, she was going to first base. And this dude was trying to tag her. And instead of just throwing the ball at her or just like touching the base and getting out the way, it mm-hmm. turned into a highway collision. So now, so so the wife on the ground, like now she got oh, bruised wow. up, ribs, hand bruised up, no. and I was like, I was telling her, I was like, every time we go to one of these things, a sport of any kind, she end up injured somehow. Like somehow, <laughs> like it was literally like one of the last plays. We made it through the whole day, and it was like second to last play, boom. So that means you know, she was, I mean, she was going all in. <laughs> she, was, she was going hard, going hard in the paint. You know what I mean? So it's like I can't, I can't, I can't down her aggression and her <laughs> wanting to win. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was all good, man. We had a, we had a good time. So we had to go hit the ER, make sure she wasn't broke up or nothing. Uh, you know, and all that good stuff. <laughs> she, she's good. You know, she just got the, she got the brace on. She got the brace on now, so she can punch somebody in the face. You know, so it's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm glad she's doing better though shoot yeah yeah she's doing good <laughs> she's just been hitting that uh got that 800 milligrams you know what i'm saying they hooked her up with the 800 milligrams of ibu <laughs> so you know she's feeling good you know feeling good right now so so twyla how was your week up there in uh the frigid tundra of ohio huh uh, i started to uh 
when chill, snow, no one too bad. Marching in the Veterans Day Parade at the Vet Center downtown Columbus. Did a little quick TDY to Pittsburgh and went through another unit uh, stuff for their inspections. So, and then I've just been waiting for you guys to call me today. <laughs> hey, look at that. We was on the list of anxious. Look at that. That was nice. You know what I'm saying? Anticipation. So that was good. Well, okay. this is one thing that I've been anticipating the entire week. Because last time, last week, we had one. And now, I don't, I'm trying not to drink until the weekend now. So, my favorite and yours is the drink of the day. Love the drink of the day. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it's really good because I took leave next week. So, I ain't even got to work. Oh, I'm that's actually, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm actually going down to uh, Miami to celebrate oh, nice. the anniversary with the wife. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey. anniversary. Falls me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, what, 24? I'm, wow. I'm old, man. I'm old. Wow. You know what I'm saying? 24. But Beautiful. what a drink of the day. I went back to the Peace Crown. Don't throw a little Peace Crown in a nice little glass here. <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying, I like to have a little, you know what I'm saying, I like to have a little tickle on my nose a little bit. So, you know, I always got to have the peach sparkling water that I throw on top of there, you know what I'm saying? So it, it keeps it healthy so I can do PT in the morning a little bit, you know what I'm saying, make sure I can pass my PT test, throw the water on top of there. So, you know what I'm saying? So I call this peach, peach aqua fresh. That's that peach aqua fresh, you know what I'm saying? Like peach fresh, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so Twyla, tell me what you sipping on in there. You look like you got a little uh mouthwash, mouthwash little bottle. <laughs> I know. Over my cousin's house, uh, Ciroc pineapple. I don't have any uh water to pour in it, so I'm gonna <laughs> right. mouthwash cup because my uncle don't keep a shot glass. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of is them little cups they used to give us in North Carolina because there was no fluoride in the water and have you do a little swish swish. <laughs> ah, so y'all didn't pee the mouthwash cup. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good stuff right there. So, all right, Melissa, talk to me. What you got with us? Are you are you hydrating? Are you are are you joining? I've, I've actually got a little water and some Blantons. Oh, okay, yeah. You using up that expensive, that expensive you purchased. This is the one I was talking about last time with the cool little horsey on it. Yep, yep. I just found out how actually hard these are to come by. I happened to find them at one of these local stores here for $119, which is way cheaper than what I found in other places, being that it's a collectible. And people collect the bottle as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you got to hold on to that. Guy, I guess this little thing is worth something. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I've got going on. Hey, there you go. Well, everybody that's out there in uh in, in the mid catch up world, make sure uh this is a cheers to everybody out there watching the show, everybody that's going to watch the show and everybody into the future. Let us know in the comments and in the future, let us know what y'all drinking on so y'all can come and hang out and drink. Make sure you bring your own bottle, BYOB. You know what I'm saying? To the mid catch up podcast. We here, we having a good time, we sipping it up. So it was good times, you know. So uh thank you. Thank God for the drink of the day. It, if it was a happy week or a bad week, the drink of the day never does you wrong. You know yes. what I'm saying? So you good to go. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move on to the news of the week. It's been an interesting week. There's been some stuff out there. There's been all types of things that's been going on in this world. 
So we're going to go ahead and push on to the news of the week here with the team. So let's see what we got on board today. News of the week for episode 32. So first up, we got the commoner, the one that always shows up for some reason. You know, we had to do, hopefully this is the last installment. It was a little light this go round, but we got as the yay turns. You know, we got Kanye West being dropped by the STEM player company um, as it released uh, yay free his yay free device. Um, also, you got the producer that did the Donda 2 tracks. He's wondering how he's going to get paid. And, you know, you still got Dame Dash and other celebrities that are out there. It's like looking at the situation and the recent behavior that he's had. And, you know, they're saying that it's painful to watch with everything that's been going on with Ye. Um, it's kind of interesting, you know, being someone that did the little producing piece and things like that with uh, with you, Melissa. And we're looking at uh, the things that are going on with Ye. And uh, the CEO of the STEM player company said that he talked to Ye and said, hey, you know, I'm saying it's not good if you step out like this. Mm -hmm. um you know bringing all this stuff to light because then people start coming at you um you have like i said you have the uh the uh atlanta producer that's like not knowing how he's gonna get paid because now that stem situation has fell off and they and they can't really do anything with it you had boogie down productions and and some of the other artists that was on the donda 2 uh project uh some of those some of those um freaking samples and stuff didn't get cleared so now he's starting to get sued by them. And this is one of those things where he having that waterfall effect of you start stepping on people's toes. Yep. And, you know, people start paying attention more to you, which then it causes, you know, folks to go out there and say, hey, I got to I got to make a change in some form or fashion. You know what I mean? So, um, Twyla, did you uh, did you get the read up on any of this stuff or what's your perspective since you haven't been on the show at all? What's your perspective on the whole Kanye situation that's been going on over the last month or so my whole perspective over kanye over the last two years is that this man like he needs to talk to somebody that he needs a, a counselor or a therapist because <laughs> there's going on there's some some depression mixed in there and you know like all these people that are reaching out probably aren't necessarily his friends they're just doing it for attention but he got a lot going on like his home life his, his <laughs> mom and contracts i'm like he just needs to stop it out on his own and get a therapist <laughs> that that's my idea. like i don't this man needs help yeah yeah i mean that's been you know that's that's what a lot of people has been out there saying you know uh you know not only those in the in the industry but you know uh the talking heads which i guess now i'm a talking head all right. So I guess we were talking heads now. So, you know, I mean, we all been kind of like, hey, you need a little help. Melissa, you know, I don't know if you read up on any of the stuff. Um, I, didn't, I'm I didn't read much of on that area uh, exactly. But I was I, I mean, we've talked about him before in our past podcasts and things like that, but not on the new thing that you just posted. But um, I don't I, I know he's got some issues, definitely. <laughs> but I don't think that like we said before, when um our poet was on, it was, it's, I think he's just very calculated in what he does. It might be a marketing strategy to draw, to draw in more attention to himself because he's not putting out anything that's 
you know, huge these days other than his clothing and shoes and things like that. But as far as music goes, I mean, there's nothing that's really spoke big volumes to me. Um, so I don't know if this is just a tactic to keep himself in the limelight. Don't know. But it does make him look very scary, like very uh, mentally unstable. And, you know, I don't know if there's a method to why he does that. When you change to like a billionaire status, can you really op your first couple of albums anymore? Yeah, that's what I mean. And and I remember, um, you know, I think I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts. Like, I think maybe he is just using that to, to get closer to people, like you said, um, about, you know, referencing his old albums. How do you relate to the general public anymore unless you get a reaction out of them and see how they react and you're just looking behind to see how they're commenting and to get to know people now. You've been out of the streets for a very long time. So the way you used to write and the way you write now are totally different because your life has changed completely. You, you're in baller status now. So how how can you relate to the everyday Joe is, is what I mean. Maybe he does this stuff just to, you know, get a reaction of, of, of the normal behaviors of people in general. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, can't get, I think, get close enough to the streets anymore, you know, yeah, without getting yeah. I think I think his his only real uh his only real touch of the streets are like other artists, you know what I mean? So he was he's been so kind of out of touch of the whole situation is that other artists are the ones that are bringing him bringing him that perspective. And I think that's for a lot of you know, a lot of uh, artists that become really big and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can see how their music changes, um, you know, unless they have something like, I mean, Drake, his music's been exactly the same because he talked about the exact same thing uh, on every song. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I'll be out here getting these ladies. That's all he say. That's, I mean, that's every song that he do. So his, his perspective is just, hey, let me just jump on whoever the young person is and let me make sure that I say the exact same thing before. And then they'll be like, yo, that's dope. But you have people that may have had some type of additional substance to their music and they may have been trying to tell a story or, or give you a perspective of where they came from. And now they're not there. So that perspective of being around those things on a constant basis, unless you was like super grimy and you like, yo, I got stories for centuries you know what i mean type of thing yeah, yeah. um you know if, if if you got you know like he's college dropout like his whole his first three albums was talking about like what he really went through and then it was you know saying just it got very abstract because those things were were uh it became in his head i feel like you know what i'm saying like when he went to the um what was it, the dark fantasy album i feel like a lot of that stuff started getting into introspective writing you know what i'm saying very introspective and 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 in that range so you know hopefully uh you know i don't plan on i'm not planning on bringing yay back hopefully this is the last episode <laughs> of uh as the yay turns i'm tired of talking about it and i'm running out of <laughs> things to say so um we're just going to probably in that in that whole deal with the uh, as the yay turns with this go around so we appreciate it yay you have uh, handled a few podcasts for us and and really brought us good content so uh mm -hmm. thanks for that yay and and that's about it man so we're gonna keep it pushing to our next little uh topic here we got daggum bad baby out here so and i was reading up on some of this stuff and i didn't even know there was a thing but also it brought up a lot of questions you know what i'm saying in this aspect so they had people uh if people didn't know you had a bad baby on instagram or whatever posted a picture she was looking very melanin <laughs> and uh you know what i'm saying from a different perspective of things so uh then you had a lot of people that was jumping on her instagram and things of that nature that was talking about black fishing 
uh, on the selfie, you know what I'm saying, doing yourself up so you look a little more ethnic and things of that nature. So um, my question in this situation is like, all right, so the black fishing deal, and I've and I've fell across some of these, um, you know, uh, makeup tutorials. And I've seen <laughs> these makeup tutorials, right? So you got artists, right? I've seen ones that have been artists where they're able to make their face look abstract and stuff like that. And they're just mm -hmm. doing art stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, I didn't even know that person's eyes was right there. They made this whole picture and stuff. It was like, I've seen that stuff amazing. Then I've seen ones where it was like, I saw this one. It was kind of crazy. This, uh, I think she was like Japanese or something. Yes, the Asian. Get her, get her makeup up and literally turn herself into a black chick. It was it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, wow, if people can do that, then on top of that, you have the, uh, you know, I'm saying a RuPaul drag race team. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, you got the transgender joint. I'm like, nobody, everybody can be whoever they want to be. So then what is like, is there rules anymore to this? Talk to me. Talk to me, uh, Twyla. Talk to me. What is what is the rule? Because I don't know. I think everybody's fishing at this point. Like <laughs> the way the stuff's out there, like nobody is who they really are anymore. So no, what I, you got? I think that's just like a, a popular thing right now is just to be melanated with uh, a long lace front. Like, you can't even say it's a cultural black thing anymore because everybody is coming through with the tan and the uh, 36 36 inch weaves nowadays with her that's that's kind of like her audience and that's what she's grown up with she's only she's like 17 is she even illegal yet she's uh, 19 she's 19 she's she's uh, uh you know legal wise she is 19 and <laughs> has supposedly uh she made 53 million dollars from only fans so that's where she at and she's grown up on only fans Instagram, TikTok. So that's all she sees. So it's not even a thing that she's trying to like uh, portray looking like this light-skinned black woman. Like that's what she sees. Like you said, ac across the board, Japanese woman doing the makeup look like a, a black woman. Like it's all mixed together for her. I don't think it's uh, like I said, she's trying to appropriate culture. Mm -hmm. and she She's probably saw nothing wrong with it. It's like, oh, this weave, you might get this makeup, and yeah. and the the lip fillers and all of that. That's normal right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it, it is an interesting um it's an interesting situation. You know, it's it's one of those where I, I've seen a lot of that stuff, and you kind of like it's like the Pandora box situation. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Where it's it, it people don't understand the effects that kind of putting all those things, you know what I'm saying? Like we thought I had a thing, you know, the BBL situation. Yeah. And like you start adding all that stuff together and then you're pretty much like, and with the cultural and how prevalent hip hop is now. And like everybody is like, just pushed to that. And then you always hear nigga all the time. Like it's just, it's almost like, yo, we it's we're transformed, or at least those people that are within that culture and stuff, they feel like they just transform. They're honoraries all the time. Everybody in, if you feel in hip hop, if you down with the flows, you know the rappers. Da, 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 you almost like I almost feel like people feel as if I'm honorary if you ain't already a part of it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? Yes. So, uh, Melissa, what do you what do you think about the situation with uh, with with Bad Baby? Well, I thought it wasn't just makeup. I might have been reading the wrong stuff, but I heard she went underwent a procedure to darken her skin. 
Like that wasn't just makeup. It was an actual procedure where she underwent. And I don't know how true that was because it was the internet. But I was like, hmm. Um, but like you were saying, um, I think, you know, transforming yourself with makeup is, is just a form of expression in art these days. It's not necessarily looked at as, oh, I'm trying to be this or that because shoot, ain't none of that shit real. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the fake, I mean, I get fake eyelashes sometimes. Sometimes I'll get eyebrow tinting. Sometimes I'll do stuff like that. I mean, I wear a mask at work all the time. So I always like to have my eyes at least looking pretty. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's one of those things where, you know, if it makes you feel better about what you're doing or you're expressing yourself this way, like I remember I watched this meme that was more of a comedy thing where um, the chick was saying, hey, you, I guess I guess her man was looking at somebody who wasn't like her. So she transformed herself into that chick. You know what I mean? She made herself look that like that same hair, same same makeup, everything. Oh, you want a redhead? Oh, I'll be that. You want you want a blonde? I'll be that, you know? I don't know if it's just to please the fan base that she has on OnlyFans that maybe might be interested in that type of woman. And she's just trying to morph into that for sexual pleasure type things for these for her audience. But it is it is offensive to to people, obviously, if you're changing the skin, the color of your skin. But I mean, white people do it all the time. They go to tanning beds. They, you know what I mean? Yeah, I <laughs> mean, spray tan. I mean, I've sprayed tan before, too, when I was going to a special event. Because my legs was wider than the rest of my body. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> so I was like, you need to get a tan or something on these legs before you wear this nice dress. But, you know, I've done it before. I've been guilty of it. But, um, you know, none of it's really real, you know? Uh -uh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh. I've been in tanning beds. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I will I will sunburn. So, if I don't have, like, that base tan, I'm going to be burnt. Yeah. Like, heck. <laughs> I don't have as much melanin as everybody else got. I'm just light skinned out here and it's winter time right now. I'm pale. You go out here high yellow and whatnot. What is, what is her background anyways, the the rapper? Is she Oh, she she white white. white. Yeah, oh, she white yeah. white. She ain't oh, okay. she's nothing else but tell. a white chick. Some of her pictures, I wouldn't I couldn't tell if she was mixed or what. You but, gotta watch uh, it could have just been the hair. Yeah. yeah, she just she got she I, look. I mean, she walked. She got that swagger. That's what it is. That's one thing she picked up from the from uh you know being a part of the culture and whatnot. From even when she was on uh what was that Doctor Phil? I mean, she was up there. You know, what I'm saying every black mom was like, you need to punch that chick in the face. Like it was one of those things where she was coming out. I never with saw that one. I gotta watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta go see that. Uh, catch me outside. That's a, like she's. The oh, catch that's me what that is. That's what that is. That's the catch the, me outside. The teenager who was like, catch me outside. No way. That's her. Yeah, I she, never knew that. Look, look. Doctor Phil has made she her a, on that a show. millionaire <laughs> because, like, if she would have never been on that show, uh -uh. nobody would ever even found out about her. And she got on that show, and she rode that wave to all them dollars. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't stand that girl when I saw her. I didn't even know it was the same girl. Wow, that's wild. Huh. I can, you know, I'd have drug her off the show by her hair. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Her cousin, her I was mom. a straight punk. I was like, oh, she need to get her ass beat by her mom or somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, commercial. Yeah, yeah. Got her. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh that catch me outside. She done made that money off of it. So hey, look, I mean, I can't I can't be mad at her hustle because I mean she turned that negative into a it's a positive green. So you know, mm -hmm. and I I better as long as her mom was like, hey, stayed on her good side, she probably like cool. 
We good. Yeah, we went from making that profit. She yeah, it's like she like whatever. <laughs> let's get this money. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah it, it's different out there. So you know, I always just I just looked at it perspective of does that fall into, you know, um, with all the other I would say fishing situations where people are they're being. I guess they don't enjoy themselves, so they become someone else. And, um, you know, just looking at that whole perspective of that situation, um, I think in the, in the end on that situation, she was like, hey, it's not even that where, where she was going with it. But it's still one of those things where you're kind of, you know, I, I always look at it with everything that's been going on, you know, over the uh, over the last decade with with changing up, everybody changing up. You know what I'm saying? Have you, have you ever seen, um, it was a documentary they had about, I don't remember the the guy's name, but he made himself look like reptile. He had, um, you know, the snake eyes, the the split tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and there was another guy who had all kinds of things, like little metal things, put all through his head yeah. and his, underneath, like um, intradermal implants to make himself be more like an animal. And I mean, why do they want to do that stuff? I don't know. You know. <laughs> in, at, at some, sometimes I think it's you know think you know that's, people. That's what they relate to, or I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think people people want to be unique. <laughs> they want to be unique, but also a part of the crowd. It's the most confusing thing because it's not that I want to be unique and then I'm gonna be not around people. They want to be unique and in all. Like people want, they want people to gravitate to them and mm-hmm. see them, um, and have that type of admiration and and things of that nature about it. Um, but then they're just, they feel like they're invisible if they're just themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying at least that's the perspective that I see. You know, not being necessarily confident in themselves. Or, or, or having having a thing and i feel like they have to go to um extended links yeah. to be able to be seen you know by people you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i talked about though like you didn't know who she was you found out because now she's all in the news for uh you know i think her, her- an adult thing either. I think it was, and that's crazy. She made that amount of money. It wasn't even like that. Well, I didn't know that either. Cool yeah. only because it's like now she might move into having like an adult only, like it was just her regular everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she went, she went and we had a episode. She went and talked to Oxford, you know what I'm saying? Oxford University over in England about her, about her hustle and what she did and what all this other stuff. So, I mean, it's, she's turned it into, um, you know, a lot more than anybody would have thought when it took place so uh mm-hmm. you know i mean it's it's interesting um but it's always one of those things where it opens up other questions of like you know does these these other people you know those that are around the world they fall in this category or now is, are we just going to not say anything about anybody because that then that also kind of opens up a weird pandora's box of what is but if i feel that i am this you know what I'm saying? Because that's where that's the world we're in now. We're in the if I feel, if I feel like I'm this, then yeah. you can't tell me that I'm not this. Mm-hmm. So really, it's like, all right. So if we're gonna if we following those rules, then hey, everybody be up in this mud. Like you know what I'm saying? Everybody in the club be like, nigga, up in the. the, 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 the. I mean, they be like, yo, I feel like I am. So let's go. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yes. I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's a, a level, a, a max for me as far as how much I would change. 
But that's just because of finances. If I did have it like that, I'd probably be like, uh, give me that BBL. Uh, let's get this nip tuck, you know, something, you know, Chi-Chi's up here. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Said, it just he said, you're changing the whole game. You be like, I mean, I'll be like, I don't know where my like, Who is this like person? That, you know, but I'm only saying that I think a lot of the people that do chime in and say stuff like haterish about people who do change their bodies are probably people who can't afford the shit anyway. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but how can you tell someone else how they should be living their life or what walk is for them? You know, if they feel comfortable in that and that's what they want to look at, like they want to pay for that procedure or pay for that lip injection or pay for the filler or the whatever the heck. Well, let them do it. What is it bothering you? You know, just keep on eating your dinner and doing your life and do whatever. <laughs> you know, that's how I see it. I mean, just let everybody be who they want to be. And if that's it, if that it, if it gets to the point to where it intrudes in your personal life and your family and your kids, and that's when you have a problem. But everybody, you know, as long as everybody keeps in their little safe distance bubbles, okay, I respect you. You respect me, okay. I'm. I'm I see that's what you enjoy, so I'm gonna stay right here though. And you okay, <laughs> you know, and keep it moving. I got you. I got you. You had something to say, uh, I mean, as long as you're not being offensive to that, exactly. Culture. I mean, we did, I don't remember the lady's name, but the woman that lived, lived and identified as a black woman for like 40 years of her life, yeah. The one that was uh, the old girl that did the NAACP joint, yes. like, yes, yeah, like that's some shit right there. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, is that that's the Pandora's box that opening when you just go, hey, you be you and just do what you want to do. That's what I look at. That's what I look at the Pandora's box, because I'm like, all right, if you feel, hey, you wanted to do all your other stuff. But then all of a sudden you was like, hold up. You know what? I feel like I'm a Chinese woman and you just change your whole being to be more Asian. Then you be like, what is what is happening? You know what I'm saying? I, like that would be. I can get lost in those makeup tutorials. I will sit in the bathtub, soak in a bubble bath, and watch those videos for hours. <laughs> like how they can make their eyes turn into. They put those contacts to look like anime characters. Have you seen the Asian ones? Those ones are pretty awesome. The drag ones are very good too, but. But the Asian ones blow me away. I mean, this lady used tape. She did all kind of stuff. She put. Um, she 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 put kind of some kind of fillers in her nostrils to make her nose a different shape. The whole thing, I was just like, "What the heck?" That Make is that's, crazy. That's all, that's all the way crazy right there. So, you look I mean, crazy. but then you got Japanese anime character with the big eyes, you know, like yeah. Sailor Moon and everything. I was like, "What the heck?" But that's yeah. what she wanted to look like, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy, kind of crazy, but. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to keep it pushing on that one. So everybody out there, let us know, you know what I'm saying, if what type of fishing have you, what you think is bad fishing. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know people go out to the lake and do a little something, but obviously there's all type of fishing, fishing that's out here. So you got black fish, white fishing. You know what I'm saying? Like a black black people put, get blonde hair. Are they white fishing? What's the deal? You know what I'm saying? Let's uh, talk to me in the comments and let me know what's going on with all the fishing that's going on out there. Next up on the board. We got Chris Brown equal Michael Jackson, maybe? I don't know. But Akon said that, hey, Chris Brown's gang ties possibly stopped him from becoming the next Michael Jackson. Hmm. And reportedly, uh, Chris Brown was going to do a big tribute uh, at the American Music Awards for Michael Jackson, and it reportedly got canceled. So... With all this stuff that you hear on the Chris Brown front, do you believe that him out there banging, you know what I'm saying, doing his thing, kept Chris Brown from being 
even more successful than he is right now? Talk to me, Twilight. No, I think that made him more popular because that definitely changed his uh, I'm 16 and innocent to now he's a grown man. He's out here with these tattoos and everything. And I, I hate when people say like, oh, he's going to be the He wants to be the next Michael Jackson. Like, no, there will only ever be one Michael Jackson, but he's Chris Brown. Like, there's only ever going to be one Chris Brown. And this man has a top music catalog. So, like, let him be him. And let him do his thing without always trying to compare him to somebody else. And you can clearly see that Chris Brown had that Michael Jackson influence from his, just his, uh, his dancing. His dancing, yeah. So let him be influenced and want to honor this man without being like, oh, he's he's trying to be him. And and then any kind of he he grew up in the industry, so any kind of trouble he gets in is just going to be right there in the spotlight. And then now we want to compare the gangs and and uh everything else is going on. So no, I, I love Chris Brown. I mean, I waited till he turned 18 to say I love him, but love <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm a huge Chris you were Brown. Being, uh, you was being a, a nice, uh, wholesome lady by at least waiting until he was of age before you, uh, <laughs> and, you know, put out his love. On women, women throwing their draws on the stage. Like, come on now. He's a sophomore. <laughs> Said, oh, at least I'm gonna wait till he's 18. So you know what I mean? Like, all right, before you get out there tossing y'all's out there. So that's good. Well, I mean, I appreciate that respect. <laughs> I appreciate that respect. I'm um <laughs> wait till like, after my 17-year-old. I'm like, son, you you got another year, just call me. Like after you turn 18, you're gonna have to push him well, you know. But so, uh, so Melissa, I mean, you look at look at the way Chris Brown, you know, uh, everything that went on in his career. I mean, he he's had a great career um, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But do you feel like, you know, like the 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 affiliation uh, with the gang life, you feel like that held him back at all? Or you, you feel like that he mm-hmm. could have been more successful if uh, if he didn't necessarily have the the uh, the gang affiliation along with him? Um. No, not necessarily. I mean, I think it like, um, am I saying your name right? Go ahead and tell me again. Tulia? Is that how you say it? Twyla. Twyla. Sorry. Everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not that that eye throws everybody off. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been a fan of Chris Brown and of course, always Michael Jackson. But, you know, if you look back to some of Michael's old videos, he became popular with the crowds, too, because of bad. Remember when they had the white and the black gangs in the subway in that video back in the 80s? And they were like, you know, who's bad? And that was that was cool at the time. You know, what I mean? but that was gang. You know, that was the 80s gang kind of kind of. Uh, that was that was like the Warriors. I mean, that was more like a 70s gang. That was more oh, like. Yeah, but the way a, a musical, you know what I'm saying? Like they was out there snapping yeah. at each other, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, as a kid, I saw that and I was like, oh, they're so bad, you know, with their leather, they're so bad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who's bad? You know, but I mean, I think the influence was similar in that way, where you know they were trying to bring in that street gang life into the scene of their dancing, the way that they danced, the way that they expressed themselves is how they wrote their music too, you know, but. Of course, Michael had a hell of a lot more variety than Chris Brown could ever even touch. But um, I think they're not even in the same arena. He, I don't. I don't think they cannot even be 
compare to each other. Not even. Chris Brown is great. I do love a lot of his songs, but no, not. I think he could have been more popular if he um, didn't beat people <laughs> or or that could know, be a thing. domestic violence and things like that. I think he, he could have held that back a little bit with Rihanna and everything and been more successful in terms of, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the gang that influenced him. It was a the smack a bitch up personality that turned me off from him. You know, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a situation where um, you look at that and you go like, I think that's that, was that was that a good was that a good call, man? You look at the power game right now and you be like, yo, we could have been it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I I wonder how often he goes like, dang, that was that was a bad call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's where you messed up. Yeah. Not so much as the other stuff, because that was part of the, um, what was it called? Crumping? Isn't that what the style of dance he initially brought? Was it crumping? Well, that was something that uh, that came he, from the West Coast a little bit. But, that so, was, but that he was, was he he was a part of, you know, any dance that was popular, yeah. I could say, during that time frame, he would but incorporate that was also it in popular there. with a lot of gangs, too. So that, that was just their way of form of expressing that. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think he kind of jumped in that a little bit as well, so. Is uh you know I mean I always look at it like you know Justin Bieber. Would you say that yeah. Justin Bieber is more popular or less popular than Chris Brown? Oh, definitely more popular. It depends on who you ask. But the thing is, is it's about it's a, always about who you ask because the thing is, if you ask that question, you if you ask that question, and the thirteen percent of the United States that we are. It goes like, no, nah, Chris Brown all day. But then the other 70, 80% be like Justin Bieber. Then that means Justin Bieber. And that's that's, that's a what... population right there, percentage <laughs> alone. Um, that doesn't account for who does say he is. I mean, I was never a huge fan of him at all. But um, he was catchy with the kids and stuff like that. And then he grew up and we watched him grow up right in front of our eyes. And his whole music style changed. You know, the way he looks. I was like, wow, you just, I don't know what happened. You went from that sweet, innocent little boy to something else. Yeah, they <laughs> always do. Like Twyla. Twyla, I think, what do you think with that dynamic? Go ahead. Uh, Usher and Justin Bieber started hanging out together. <laughs> the music. Yeah, Usher, Usher gave him a little something. <laughs> music. It moved more into like the kid pop stuff like this. It moved more into like the adult R&B. Mm -hmm. Had uh, something to do with that. So, and like I said, just who's around you and your influences, as we can see. Like, yeah, but Chris Brown and Justin Bieber both have a fan base that they grew up with. All those teenage girls that love them are all now adults, and they're mm -hmm. still. But they both have their their fan base that's going to ride with them. But yeah, definitely the thirteen percent versus the seventy something odd percent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that makes that makes a difference, you know, and and I, I I think that that also could play into, you know, I think what Akon was talking about with the whole gang affiliation he did, mm -hmm. where it's like there's a there's a part there's a swath of that population that as soon as those things happen, no different than the Rihanna thing and all that stuff that just turned them off, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then it it became you had to somehow gain those people back, and some you're gonna gain, and some you're not, but you know, with Bieber's situation, you know, I'm just comparing because they're somewhat close to when they came out. It's like, yeah. hey, he ain't never, ain't nobody ever look at Justin Bieber and say he out there banging. <laughs> ain't nobody said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so 
it's one of those things where they can make a decision based on visuals mm -hmm. uh, and and decide hey i'm gonna do that because people do that that's what they do they go like hey what am i familiar with if if, if chris brown was still with rihanna it's all clean you know mostly like drake because that's what drake makes drake just so oh just drake it's just drake he's just he's nice <laughs> Canadian dude that be out there getting them ladies. That's all he do. Nobody's going like, yo, Drake out here banging. You know what I'm saying? He out there yeah. shooting people. Like, he ain't, like, nobody believes that. Nobody <laughs> believes Drake is doing anything fucking. Never believe that. No. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, I think they would have said, like, Chris Brown was game banging, and I think they said Justin Bieber was on drugs. So, yeah. see the difference culturally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, what, look, I can say this. White people cool with folks that do drugs. Like, they ain't got no problem. <laughs> I mean, you look at rock. You look at all the rockers and everything else. They be on some stuff, and they be cool. They be rocking out. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? That was so, part of the. That was part of the whole. You know, <laughs> rock star image was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's the song about it? Hey, baby, yeah. I'm a rock star. Oh, you hold know? up. My, no, I'm talking about party like a rock. Hey, party <laughs> like a rock star. Like, I mean, look, so yeah. many songs about partying like a rock star, and that's you know, yeah. saying all that stuff. So. Just, Trying to fit that image. Yeah, it's there's, a bad, boy, there's a bad boy in in every yeah. genre of music, yeah. really. Yeah. You know, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep it pushing. You know, what I'm saying. I, I mean, people out there, let me know. You know, what I'm saying. You think Chris Brown would ever be on that level with Mike? You think that was just too much influence, or you think people just talking heads out here? You know, Akon. I think he and maybe he had giant aspirations for Chris Brown and maybe uh looking at the landscape, going, hey, you know, that was something that uh took away a little bit from the success, the additional success that he could have had going into the future. All right. So for our next deal, we got the Grammy nomination. So Grammy's coming up. Grammy nomination. I'm going to keep this on the screen for a little bit for everybody out there. I know it's a little small unless you got a big screen TV. I'll read some of the stuff out for y'all. You know what I'm saying? So we got uh, I, all I did on here is I put the rap categories. I put album of the year which had you know said of course some uh r&b and hip-hop and i put the r&b categories on here so we're gonna i'm gonna just do a rundown and we can just you know what i'm saying yay or nays in here or you can just give us give us what you think uh the winner of, of a particular category would be so we got best rap album we got dj khaled god did <laughs> and that all the time we got future i never liked you we got Jack Harlow, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and The Big Steppers. And Pusha T, It's Almost Dry. So with that one right there, what do you do? You, what do you feel? Have you have you heard all those albums? Talk to me, Twilight. Have you heard those albums? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have not been watching. Uh, I can tell you last time I watched the Grammys. And uh, I do like DJ Khaled, so give that man his flowers while he's here. All right, so we got we got one for DJ Khaled, uh, Miss Melissa. What what do you feel on that category out of the names that I uh, out of the Um, I do like Kendrick Lamar. I do like DJ Khaled. Um, some of the other ones I can't say. I've I'm, I've heard all of their albums. Maybe a couple songs here and there might have played on the radio or something, but nothing that stands out so much to me where I'm like, oh yeah, they deserve a Grammy. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess I'll be the hip hop aficionado on the, on the show, but uh, so I'm gonna go with uh, you know, I would say between out of these albums, and I've listened to them all since we have a music of the week. Like I've listened to these all these albums, 
And I would have to go with Kendrick Lamar because that one has so much story as an album. It is put together like albums that remind me of like Outkast, right? So mm-hmm. you listen to AT Aliens and it has a running theme throughout it, right? There's not a lot of albums nowadays that people have running themes. That used to be a thing. Like yeah, you would get it, you would right. get a hip hop, or and they would put an album together, and it was a running theme throughout it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Biggie, uh, Ready or Die, Ready to Die, freaking, you know, big hypnotized. Mm-hmm. Like all of them mm-hmm. had a running theme, and they would have like similar, or they were telling a story. They would weave a story together. So there's limited amount of those that I feel are out here anymore. And Kendrick Lamar purposely put together an album that was weaving a lot of stories together, all together with everything that was going on nowadays. It was so relevant talking about just personal things and things that were going on. I would have to go with Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the big steppers, even though that album is not an album that you would listen to constantly, which is the other thing too, because it's such a, deep album mm-hmm. and the way that he and the stories and the subjects that he's on it's very much like watching a move a drama it's like watching a drama and then you're like do i go back and watch that drama you'd be like no I, it was great like i watched it it should get academy award but i'm not i can't watch that all the time does that make sense mm-hmm. where it's like saving private ryan great movie love the movie fantastic mm-hmm. i cannot watch over and over again the you know like there's one scene that sticks in my head like my man getting just stabbed in the chest slowly and like you know that that it's great but i can't relive that drama that deep all the time mm-hmm. but for him to give me that feeling of woo so deep i can't touch that anymore and maybe go back and and do it in a year again but knowing that the lyrics were ridiculous the storytelling was ridiculous. The <laughs> subject matter he was talk, talking about was ridiculous. But you'd be like, that's just so deep. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Like movie or or an album or music or something like that that's been so deep? you just like, okay, I'm going to put that on the shelf for a while before I touch that uh, again. Uh, what about you, Twyla? Um, movie, yes. Definitely just Flowers in the Attic. It's like after you watch it, and not watch it again. It just messes your mind up. Music, um, you know, like the the deep albums I listen to are like the classics, like Tupac and Jay Z and stuff like that. And then, but for the most part, if it's something I'm gonna listen to on a daily, it's just gonna be some upbeat, happy, fast music, catchy music. But uh, what yeah. about you, Melissa? Is there anything out there as of uh, musically that you were like it was, or musically or movie wise that was just like so deep? You were like, all right. That was fantastic. I'll give it 10 of 10, but I don't know if I want to see that again right now, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of music, there's some stuff that I know this is my my Saturday night jams. This is my, it depends on my mood or what I'm doing. Um, when, when I first came on this, this show, this podcast, um, you asked me some interview questions about it, you know, what, what gets you motivated or things like that. If it depends on what I'm doing, if I'm in the kitchen cooking or cleaning or something like that, I have a different vibe, you know, of how I want to listen. But if I'm decompressing or trying to work out or something, the the music I have is probably like 
probably too too deep for some people <laughs> because that's how I get out of my own head and decompress. So it could be anything from Wu-Tang to something really hard to something really hard rock. To, it just varies. And um, sometimes it's, if I'm in the kitchen, I might be cooking something and it might be Spanish music. It might be Native American music. It, it, it just depends. <laughs> you know, it, and it could be me remembering somebody or a time or something like that. And I'm jamming to, you know, some old school R&B or, you know, disco or um, Boston or some. It, it just varies. But there are some songs from Wu-Tang that I get so hypey off of that I'm just like, I watch the videos, I relive them. And I'm just like, damn, that reminds me of the street streets for real. And then <laughs> I have to put it away for a little bit because I'm just <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, out there like, hold on, let me get yeah. my nines. We about to go handle these streets. I didn't expect that. <laughs> you didn't expect that? No, I mean, the, shoot, that was just me this Friday. I was decompressing after my little short week, and my bathtub music was Wu Tang protecting that. You know what I mean? So, hey, on. hey, look, look. Let me, let me, let me tell you, Swala. Hey, this is that's my that's my army buddy. We was in the army and we did music together. So she was on the little hip hop label with us she was okay. our she was our songstress so hey she out there know how to tote the uh the, the m9 the the m16 m4 she know how to get it done so you know it's like hey got a little little thug in that little thug passion over there yes so little just, thug in the hummingbird voice those, those are the kind of things i would i would say but um and then you know some stuff puts you back into a, a certain feeling like songs that you might have listened to years ago and you listen to it today and it, it hits you so different where you're like, hey, man, that was a deep, another level stuff, but you didn't hear it right the first time. So maybe it's good to hear it once a year, you know? Yeah, yeah, got you, got it's you. probably changed like 10 times since then, you know? Yeah, and for sure. You, you have a whole in, different interpretation of the artist in general. For sure, for sure. So what we going to do, I'm going to run through these a little quicker. We got rap song of the year. Let me let me know if y'all heard any of these. We got Jack Harlow, uh, Churchill Downs. Y'all heard it? Just shake your head if you heard any of those. Nope. <laughs> yes, no. All right. So we got DJ Khaled. God did. Obviously, everybody's heard that one. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, The Heart, Part Five. Uh, we got Gunna and Future featuring Young Thug pushing P. Anybody? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Twala, yep. Out there, Young Thugging it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Future, Future and Drake, uh, Wait for You. So that was one for the for the best song performance. Or best song, best rap song. Then we got best song performance, pretty much in the same deal. Oh, uh, your girl Gorilla and Hit Kid is in there. FNG. Mm -hmm. I know the ladies be enjoying that joint. Uh, Doja Cat got Vegas is in there uh, for the best rap performance. And then there's a new category, which I didn't even know was the category. They got best melodic rap performance. Hmm. So now they got a category for the singing rap. You know, so I didn't know that was a thing. So. In that melodic, you got Future and SZA on that DJ Khaled. Beautiful Future again. I mean, he's the only one that be doing that, really. I mean, that's yeah. it. So Future's on there twice. Jack Harlow, First Class. Kendrick Lamar's on there on Die Hard. And then Lotto's on there for that big energy. Okay. Um, we got uh, Best R&B Album. Your boy Chris Breezy. He's in there <laughs> for Breezy. And uh, we got, uh, what, Lucky Dane, Candy Drip. Uh, Mary J is in there, you know what I'm yes. saying? Get the Mary J. Uh, Good Morning Gorgeous, uh, Robert uh, Glasper, uh, Black Radio 3, and PJ Morton, Watch the Sun. I have not heard of those other people. Like, that's uh, that's interesting. 
So um, then as you go through, those are the mains. Mary J's in there. Beyonce's in there for R&B song. Uh, Cuffed it. Mary J for that Good Morning Gorgeous. As we scroll down a little bit, I'll put this back on the screen. So as we scroll down a little bit, we got performances. Once again, uh, Beyonce and Mary J are in there. Uh, traditional R&B, Beyonce, Babyface is in there with Ellie Mae. Uh, keeps uh, keeps on falling. Uh, Mary J again. And then for album of the year, uh, we've got Bad Bunnies in there. <laughs> uh, we got Beyonce for Renaissance. Mary J. Blige is in there. Kendrick Lamar is in there for album of the year. And Lizzo's in there uh for album of the year record of the year uh pretty much the same pretty much the same per personnel and then song of the year you got a little tyler swift in there for everybody you got uh adele's out there lizzo's in there dj cali for god did uh beyonce break my soul kendrick lamar's in there so i mean if you're looking at possible uh people with melanin to win uh <laughs> We got a there's a high rate in there, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh it could be uh could be pretty good for, for those that are out there doing their thing. Make sure that y'all watch uh, you know, check out the Grammys. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Let us know what you would uh pick and what albums you think uh are the best out there and who should win, of course, of course. And we're moving on. We got uh, you know what I'm saying, I call this respect your elders. We got 21 mm -hmm. Savage out there. Uh, talking mad noise about uh, well, he ain't talk mad noise, but he says some kind of like, why would you even say that? Relevant, yeah, yeah. Like, why would you even say that about Nas when he just dropped the album and the album was fire and he got no features on the whole album and was just killing it? So that Twenty One Savage saying Nas was irrelevant isn't relevant. He's ridiculous. And then I saw a thing where it said uh, NBA Young Boy claims that he could. He can't be outrapped by Jay-Z. So, I mean, I look at this like, I mean, I feel like in this category, I feel like there was a point where everybody was like, man, these new rappers is trash. They was all, I mean, but at the beginning, everybody was mumble rapping because they was on, I don't know, some type of drug or something all the time. And they couldn't get all the words out. So that was, you had this whole category to mumble mums. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't saying anything, which everybody was like, yo, y'all ain't saying nothing. It's trash. And then you had, you know, one of the biggest uh, people that kind of changed their the way they did things was Amigos. Amigos was very popular when they did the, the the mumble deal. Then they changed up their deal, and then they actually it forced them because the old heads was like, "Yo, we can't hear what you're saying. You ain't yeah. saying nothing. It's just word. It's just mumbly mumblies." Uh -huh. So then they said, "We are going to rap," which I feel like it made the Amigos more respected. Yeah. Because they were like, I'm up, I'm about to really pin this yes. so y'all can respect me. And and they had some content, they yeah. had hits, you know what I'm saying? They did their thing. But I feel like there's a lot of uh a lot of rappers out there that are now coming at the old heads that still have like more fire verses than any of them ever wrote down. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they're still trying to come at them with this deal. Like what is the do you feel do you feel like it's a reverse because they felt hurt when all the old heads was like, yo, y'all ain't really showing us nothing? That this is what the young people are kind of doing now, um, trying to, or younger rappers that feel like they about something. Because 21 Savage, he got on the thing with Drake, and now he gets to feel like he's Drake, but he's not Drake. 
You know what I'm saying? He's he's getting that ego like he Drake, but ain't no if you Drake wasn't on it, ain't nobody coming to see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> type thing. So uh Twilo, like tell, talk to me. Like, what do you feel like the young people are doing coming at the old heads like this? I feel like um he wants to be relevant. And of course, they're gonna always take that negative that they're getting or that they feel like is being put on them and they wanna now they wanna challenge somebody else. But I mean, how different is that than a son wanting to play his dad in basketball? Like a bitch. Mm-hmm will be better than you. I might not, but um, yeah, it's the same thing. But out of all people to pick, I'm, y'all pick Jay Z and Nas out of everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's look, it's different when your dad is Michael Jordan. That's you see, like, I mean, that's yeah. the whole deal. Like, even like LeBron's son, is you feel like you know what I'm saying? You like you probably ain't never gonna be good as LeBron. So it's just like, don't even be like, oh, I'm a challenge. Like that's. That's nonsense. You know what it is, Lofted? They're identifying as better. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> They're identifying as better rappers, more relevant than the great. <laughs> I couldn't, I might be able to name one song from each, or I'm at least know the hook when it comes on the radio, but I'm like, I'm going to know whole albums from the other two. Like, that's that's wild. Yeah, I wouldn't even, I'm glad they didn't respond. Like, y'all don't even got to entertain that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a situation where, uh, of course, uh, I mean, Jay-Z, he ain't going to say anything. Nas has so many, especially after this King's uh, King's Disease 3 came out. And he said it after that. And you were like, this album is fire. Dog. Like, it's a fire album. And you're going to say that? Like, you, none of your none of your songs <laughs> are on the level of anything that Nas has put mm-hmm. out especially on these King disease run and then anything that was before. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff in there. We'd be like, all right, man, just choose better beat. It wasn't the, it wasn't the lyrics. The, it was always a situation with Nas where it's like, yo, if you get with a good producer, then you're going to be straight. Like a lot of your verses will be even better when you have a production with it that really goes. And he's found a producer that really can hone into what he does. And even on that King's disease three, he threw some of the young boy beats on there mm-hmm. and then switched up his flow like some of the young boys. I was like, yo, that's way fired than what they talking about. So he was doing his thing. Melissa, what do you uh what do you think about the young boys coming at coming at the old kings? I call the kings because they're not going after like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't even know somebody like who's irrelevant. Like, they ain't going after no low, no low stash. They said Jay-Z. Nas, like, I mean, they coming at, at the wrong boat. Yeah, I agree with you, Lofton. I think it's um, it's one of those things where maybe they're just trying to be at the same level of that title. So just like in boxing, you know, you want to come at somebody who's been around forever to be able to say, hey, I beat them. I'm really the the best, the champion of, of all, you know, and maybe they're just trying to, I don't know if they're trying to pull them in to see what they'll say or what. I, I don't know. But um. Maybe it's just a matter of so other people or other fans can say, oh, well, that that you came back with going back and forth with each other, battling like that was um, enough to make you one of the greats. You know, it just depends. I don't know if if they got some content that they've been hiding away from years for hopes of getting that chance to battle somebody that great. But it's just like a fight. You know what I mean? Just like any 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 other fight. You, You talk shit and you, you know, get in people's face. And that's how the boxing world is, you know what I mean? If you can get one of the greats and you can take them down, then you're the best. Yeah. So I, I, will they, 
Yeah, that 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 fool that that's one of those things. I mean, to me, they're not sure. even they can't even be in the same. Yeah, room. yeah. I mean, but that's and that's the problem is that they don't they don't have anything. Like, I mean, I feel like nowadays, due to social media, mm-hmm. of course, you know, it, it's a great thing for those that are famous to get in touch with their fans, but it's also a situation where you have those that are in the same industry. You know, and especially if it's a competitive situation, yeah. you know, you got folks that it's allowing people to speak things that are nonsense. We've mm-hmm. seen many, many in all facets, all professions, people speaking nonsense. And it allows people that then have to react to this nonsense mm-hmm. that people are saying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I think it was nobody. Nobody cared about them. So now they're at yeah. the place where they can actually say that and people yeah. will listen. I mean, they. I, I mean, yeah. He, they they heard him, and then all those that were like, "You're dumb," came for him. And then, of course, they have to back up and be like, "Hey, uh, no, nah, I mean, I meant no disrespect. I just meant, I like, I don't even know what he meant. Like, that just don't even make any sense. It was just ridiculous. Like, it seems unnecessary to say I don't know what he was on. Maybe he's feeling himself. He was drinking a little bit, and this, I like, I don't even know how Nas' album like jumped into that world of why he would even be thinking about that you know what i'm saying like hey worry about your lane you know what i'm saying you got your mm-hmm. album with drake doing your thing you'd be like hey i'm out here getting this money we doing it up i'm out you know what i'm saying whatever like nah shouldn't even be in your perspective because yeah. y'all not competing on the same level and yeah. i can't even say i was even lyrically i don't know anybody that's out now that you would be like Oh, they on that level. Only person, but he ain't even really coming out with albums like that that much anymore. It's like Lil Wayne, because Lil Wayne be he got that fire. Drake joints are like he's he's in his lane. He stays in his lane. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna make rap R and B. That's all I gotta do. Because mm-hmm. who gonna buy the album? The girls. That's it. That's all he's trying to do. <laughs> he know he know his his business plan. You know what I'm saying? So. He like I'm not gonna step out and say nothing crazy. Like I'm good. Like I'm good. You know. And uh, you know, he got that dude beside him saying nonsense. So, you know, beware, rappers out there. Just hit the hit the low hanging fruit. Go mess with somebody that's <laughs> not made an album in forever. Like I don't know, naughty by nature. I don't know. Like go mess with them. Like they ain't doing nothing. I don't know. Maybe they have to help them out. Even you know that though, that's that's classic. You can't even. I mean, Tretz, Tretz can wrap his butt off, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I have no idea. But I just leave it alone, man. Just mess with mess with your own folk out here. You yep. know what I mean? So uh just just a little, just a little uh wisdom, you know what I'm saying? Like I told people before, make good decisions, man. That was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad that was unnecessary, unnecessarily bad decision, you know what I mean? So uh, you know, doing things. All right. So now we're coming into the best of the rest. We got Mary J. Blige not only getting nominated for Grammys, she got a children's book out here. Gonna teach everybody how to two-step, do the daggone thing. Uh, uh, high heel dancing. That's I don't know if the book's about, but maybe it's about high heel dancing. I don't know. But Mary J. Blige is the best at high heel dancing I've ever seen in my life. She be killing it. And we got uh Nick Cannon at this point. You know, everything about all his baby mamas and everything is coming out here. And uh, Nick Cannon says he has no idea if he's got more kids on the way. He just humps things. I think that's what happens. He's like, hey, maybe this couch will have a kid. Maybe this other woman will have a kid. Maybe this, like, I think he's just out humping stuff and then kids pop out. So I have no idea. He has no idea what's going on. 
He's just leaving the seed everywhere. Um, <laughs> you got Blueface had attempted murder situation that stemmed from a, a bad joke, the police are saying. So Blueface, uh, I guess he was out there. They have video of him uh, firing at some human beings. And uh, police are saying that was possibly a bad joke. Uh, I guess Blueface took uh, the wrong way and he decided you should not be a comedian, sir. So he decided to start shooting at him. So yeah. I was, uh, you know, so right now he's out on bail, I think. Uh, and, uh, you know, things will go on from there. So, you know, hopefully I always look at the situation like this. I pray that the truth prevails. I don't know what happened, but the truth prevails. But you can't just if you out there just shooting that motherfuckers, you can't be doing that. Mm -hmm. If you wasn't the person out there shooting the people, hey, man, be free and hopefully everything's good. But, you know, what I'm saying. I just want the truth, <laughs> to, I, the truth, you know what I'm saying, to come to pass and uh, and everybody be safe in that situation. Yeah. Um, and, and finally, we got Big Sean and uh, Danae Akio. Uh, welcome. Their first child together. They had it all, or Big Sean had it all over Instagram and things of that nature. Um, are any of these things that we have up here on this list here pique your interest? Talk to me. Uh, definitely the blue face. Mm -hmm. I think they had a screenshot of him on the security camera standing there holding the gun. Um, I think he's already a felon, so that's a uh, you shouldn't have had a gun in the first place. Uh, firing at vehicles that's felonious assault <laughs> and not being able to take a joke that's just bad humor on your part. <laughs> As being a bad audience member, like that's like you like, can't take a joke, like you can't be you can't, shooting at comics. Hey, you can't get mad and pull your gun out on somebody because you didn't like their joke. Oh my god, okay, that's why you can't argue with people. Like these these no. young men and women are wild right now. You can't argue with anybody. You can't tell them I didn't like your car. Mm -hmm. It's just gonna up and pull the strap out on you. Yeah, they out here. They out here pulling well, triggers, actual, man. It was an actual comedian or just someone that he knew that said something the wrong way because I I thought that's what it was. No, I think it was just somebody out there that uh Crack told a joke. joke or something, cracked a yeah. joke on him, and he was feeling some type of way. Which yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as if you had at the Funny Bone or at the Tampa Improv and some, and the yeah. comedian sitting up there and be like, "Ah, oh, I seen this dude. Look at his shirt. It's blah blah blah." That was, I mean, that's the same. Is I feel like that's in the same boat. Like if you can't it depends take on that, what they said. It, how far did they go with the joke? If it was something that was just like, so you think there's a so you think there's a level? You so so you're telling me there is a level where you're pulling the strap on people, Melissa? No, I, I mean me personally, <laughs> but I'm just saying like if if say it's say it's a joke among friends, right? Just among friends hanging out with each other, and you know you you shared some deep shit from your childhood with your boy. And all of a sudden, he he wants to get brave all of a sudden today and just bring that up in a jokey manner. You know what I mean? And you'd be like, the fuck? That shit wasn't funny at all. What you talking about? You know what I mean? But I'm, but the thing, but I'm saying the level of pulling the strap, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, they just know what it is. They can say, he could have said something, right? And then you'd be like, yo, we just ain't tight like that no more. And I'm keeping it moving because at least if y'all had it, if y'all was tight enough that you told him some secrety, secrety stuff, then it was like, you still have somewhat love for that person, even though that they hurt you. 
That's like a family member. Family member could give you something that hurt, and you'd be like, dang, I can't deal with you like that, but we still fam. Well, some you know what I'm saying? Like, so in a joking way, just to, to kind of get it in there, you know, and it ain't funny, but they just do a ha way to kind of yeah. like get it out there because that's how they've really been feeling. But it just depends to me on what level. I mean, I am I gonna pull out something on somebody? No, I'm not, I'm not a, a concealed carry kind of person. <laughs> but, <laughs> My husband is, I, I'm not I'm more of a tomahawk, you know, knife person. <laughs> he said it's gonna be personal, and I'll be like, it's gonna be personal. No, that's I'm gonna just, look you dead in the eyes. I put it in, like, like yeah, that's all. you know, I'm a little old school in that way. If you can't, if you can't do what you fist to do, you know, no, just leave it alone. But, um, you know, I think, I think if it was just a regular comedian, you're at a show, that's that's ridiculous. That's too far. That's yeah. what they get paid to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I if, mean it, if it was a personal joke about something that was like real deep family stuff and you just came out with it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know how I'm just trying to think how deep it gotta be to have me like, yo, I'm about to told it on them, but that's me. So I don't have that. I, it takes a lot. It takes a lot for me to go, I'm going to sacrifice my well-being as a human being mm -hmm. to then prove a point. It got to take a lot because I'm like, you know what? I kind of like my life right now. <laughs> like, I'm I'm doing okay. Like, I am feel like I'm all right. You know what I'm saying? And for him to be a rapper and putting out albums and probably living the better or, or at least more free where I don't have to watch my back as much or at least I know things are covered a little bit better um in that aspect to go i will sacrifice all of that for this decision and some people have a very short view mm -hmm. some people are able to look at the the totality and the perspective and go like oh it's not worth that which mm -hmm. most rappers and i mean i i don't know if most people think about this you know yeah they thugs but they the most emotional motherfuckers on the planet like you have to be extremely emotional to be able to write to, to even to even be like I mean like being to be able to act on those type of things being a thug being a uh, a gang member like you have to be emotional because that's what you're acting on is emotion nine times out of ten you're not you're not acting on logic you're acting on emotion and one of the best rappers are hey I'm able to be emotional and I pin it. I'm emotional and I put it down and then people react to it and are influenced by it or can really feel you because they feel the emotion that you put on the paper. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those, like, if you a real cool, like laid back, it's harder because you're like, I don't really, those emotions, like even for me, like pinning is harder because I'd be like, eh, that ain't worth it. Like I don't get too up and too down. So it's harder for me to be like, Oh, I can pin that and I'm really feeling deep on it. But somebody that's very emotional can really they can get in there because they like, I feel like this, and they can be very 100 percent about what they feel and they don't try to analyze it. You know what I'm saying? Saeed, one of the best pins. But my man was emotional. Like Saeed was emotional, man. I've I, I've had super conversations with my man. Rest in peace. Super conversations with him, tears coming down his eyes, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he had one of the best pins I've ever seen because he could dive deep into that. You know what I mean? So it's, it was one of those things. And I know like, that's just, that's a part of that makeup of 
some of the best that ever done it is that they got to jump in there and they're very emotional beings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that may be just a part of who Blueface is. You know but some I mean? people you, you can't joke with. You know what I mean? Some people you can't. You got to know your limit with some people. And if you know them well enough, you know, hey, that that's not where I need to go. <laughs> I, I, hey, yeah. <laughs> I got too many stories about that. I got my man, my man, that, my man, when I was in one of my, uh, uh, he wasn't my soldier, but we was like best friends at four drum. Mm -hmm. My dude, we be playing basketball and you know, folks like to talk trash. We got there hooping. Mm -hmm. My man would, uh, somebody be in front of him like, yeah, I'm going to take you, man. I'm going to make you my bitch. Uh, <laughs> and he would be like, what? He'd be like, he'd be like, don't call me a bitch. Now, and look, and he would say it one time. And mm -hmm. even and the dude be out there because of course I mean you on the court, but it's talking trash. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm about to get bitch. Yeah, and and literally we at we at the base gym. Oh wow! And my man, my man gave him my dude, and this is my boy, man. He was like gave him the one two on the court. Yeah, yeah, right there. He was like, I told you, don't. Yeah, and, dude, and dude, and then he was like, he took the one too. The dude took the one too. It was like, damn, I didn't know it was like that. And he was like, it's like that. Recheck the ball and just started playing. And I was like, yeah, he knew that the dude said it. He said it. My man was like, nah, that's what it is. Like literally, he was like that. And we almost fought officers because oh. of how he was like, nah, that's what it is. He like we were straight up about to fight. I think it was we was about to fight a major and like two lieutenants or something. Wow. Because we were playing in a three-on-three -three tournament, midnight, one of those midnight army mm -hmm. tournaments. So you know mm -hmm. they be having at the gym. We was like, all right, cool. It was like a Saturday, you know. They try to keep everybody in so they didn't do nothing stupid. We out there, we playing this game. We small. Air, oh, tallest dude on our team is like 5'10. <laughs> freaking uh freaking the officers, they got like a six-four dude. Everybody else on their team is like five, ten, six foot. We playing them like let's go. Game's close. My dude's playing the um, he's playing the six, six, four dude because he can leap a little bit. And this is like white dude. That's my dude, man. He out there freaking body him up. The uh officer came with the elbow, and of course, since he's six four, came right at this headline, right? Oh, wow. So he gets hit. He like, yo, what the hell? Blah blah blah. We check up next time. My man, look, and this is I remember this vividly. I get the ball on the wing. He's like got a little post, like he gonna, you know, he gonna post up and swing on him mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and get him. So I throw it to him in the post, and I was like, oh, maybe that was a bad thing to do. He caught the ball, turn elbow high. Bad. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like MMA elbow <laughs> to this dude six four officer. We knew they was officers. Mm. He clean my man clock. And all I did, me and the other player that was on the team, all we did was square up. Because I knew, I was like, oh, we about to fight <laughs> now. Like, I was like, we about to fight some officers. And I was like, I guess this is what's happening. And I was a, I was a E3. Oh, wow. I was an E3. And I was like, I guess yeah. we're, I was like, that's my boy. And he was like, I guess that's what we doing. I guess we got to square up. And luckily, luckily the officer, uh, freaking the major that got took the took the elbow, uh, he was like, "Hey, I got I got way more, <laughs> I got way more at stake than fighting some privates at a basketball deal." So he was like, "Hey guys, oh, come on, right. come on, let's calm down, let's calm down, we we good." But all like the other officers and us, 
we squared up. And I was like, I guess we about to fight. Like, it was just, it was wild. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Emotions can cause bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at the gym right before I was getting out the army. And, man, let me tell you, that I used to be in charge of the basketball list before yeah. they went in there and played. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, the list? God. Who up it's next? nothing there. <laughs> They used to fight and get real ugly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was yeah. life, man. We had a good time out there. Mm-hmm. What we got here? Okay, so we've got Mary J. So do we know what kind of children's book Mary J. came out with? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you going you gonna to get that Mary J. Blige book, uh, Twyla? Um, you know what? I should. Because everything she does is <laughs> Uh, skedaddling across the stage, <laughs> <laughs> call it. Uh, she'd be out there like uh, for what's 30. Man? Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? Her book is probably fire. I'm, I'm interested. She probably got some lyrics in that book. It mm-hmm. probably, yeah, it probably go hard. <laughs> I, bet it, probably I bet it go hard. Love songs throughout the pages, and you know, motivational words. I'll mm-hmm. check it. I would too, most definitely. One of the PAs that I used to work with, she actually came out with a children's book. Um, it's about a quilt. I think it's called The Magic Quilt. It's Patricia Mistretta. Um, okay. She makes a lot of quilts and stuff like that. She's retired now. But I mean, I think it's awesome once you, you know, I mean, not just publishing something for, you know, I don't know, uh, for kids is awesome to me. But anyways, it's just about a magic quilt. And I haven't even read it. I actually ordered it not too long ago. And it's at my my other address, so I need to look at it and check it out. But Mary, I've always been a fan of her, and shoot, anything that might have a hidden track or music lyrics or something in it, it makes you think, oh, that came her from her book, or you know, maybe that was something else that you know, I don't know. I was one of those kids that when I used to get a CD when CDs were, were popular, just getting that little tidbit of lyrics or a song. If it was just pictures, you were like, man, this is trash. Yep. Lyrics. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> There's a sure. Google it and look it up. You know, that's when we wanted to be able to have the whole, whole little pamphlet that un- unraveled yep. every damn song. We're like, yes, that was like a treasure CD for me. But um, yeah, get those, get those producers and everything else. That's what I looked at. The first thing was who produced it. And then yep. I was like, okay, what beats they use, what type of snare they use. Like it was just I went in the producer deal, and that's one thing I miss about you know not having the CDs, and they don't give mm-hmm. as much information now where you can find out who the producer was, and you would find out things like, oh shoot, maybe Kanye produced it, mm-hmm. but uh, Pharrell did the drums, and Timberland had done the keys, and you would be like, oh shoot, they're yeah. like working together. You would like find out all time, like you know, what I'm saying you hear like scratching or something on the album, you like, oh, that was like DJ Premier. That was on this Timberland produced yep. track because he put the scratches on. I was like, oh, it was like it was dope to find out. It was like watching one of those behind the scenes deals where you got to figure out like everything that went together. So yep. yeah, it was always fun having that the all those things that were going on. So and as we're talking about music right now, that was our news of the week, everybody out there. So I mean, there was a lot going on, blue face and other faces and people changing their faces and all that <laughs> stuff happened during the news of the week. So hey, if you enjoyed it out there, let us know. Let us know what y'all think about the news of the week that was going on. But now we're about to move on to the music of the week. This is going to be a quick, fast, and a hurry. So we had uh, the music of the week that was going on for, oh, let me get this correct. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So, given the music of the week for November 20th, 2020, 
Um, and I think this is going to include a little bit of the Thanksgiving uh, time frame as well. We had some albums out there. Apollo Brown, uh, Cost of Living. We had uh, FN The Dealer from None. We got Cass Page, S2ML. Uh, we got Feed the Streets, Roddy Rich. We had uh, Brandish Sums, uh, Young Morpheus. The Fuses List, Buster Rhymes came out with a new one there. We got Softcore with uh, For She. Uh, we got Beyond Belief, uh, 38 Special, and Harry Fraud. Book of David, David East, and DJ Drama. Um, <clears throat> Tortured in the Name of God, Unconditional Love, Vinny Paz. And this is what I mean by Storm stormies uh so there was a uh, the few albums that came out there was some other ones that may have not have hit uh on this list as well i know last week there was a uh a juicy j uh album that had came out if you feel in you know what i'm saying if you want to get up you know what i'm saying on some memphis style he was out <laughs> there giving it to you like you want it you know what i'm saying if you out there looking for a strip pole or whatever to do what you do uh, he gave you some music to do what you do. You know what I mean? So he was out there doing it. So there's a lot of albums, a lot of music that came out uh, during this time. So everybody can get bucket Thanksgiving and have a good old, good old shindig. You know what I'm saying? But for me, catch up. Spotlight. We went with that Dave East Book of David. He did it with uh, DJ Drama. So it's another DJ Drama. DJ Drama's been killing it right now. So Dave East with DJ Drama, Book of David, 17 tracks. Gangsta, Seen a Lot, Eyes Can See, <clears throat> Eternal, and Rules. Those are the ones that really I, I really feel good on. Gangster was dope. Seen a lot, dope production. Eyes Can See, my man pulled the uh the track from If You Really Want to Party with Me. Yeah. So he had the uh, he had that that uh they pulled that together and put that on the back and he was killing it. So I was really enjoying that. I love some Busta Rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Put your hands where my eyes can see. That was it. Uh, Eternal was nice. It was a little deep thought deal. And then the rules gave you a little bit of that 10 crack commandment type style. You know what I'm saying? With the biggie uh, giving you the rules of the, uh, of the situation. So it was nice uh, that all that stuff was going down uh, with the, uh, the Dave East uh, Book of David. And that is our mint catch-up spotlight of the week so i really appreciate it go check it out make sure y'all see everything out there let us know what your album of the week is i know everybody if you got the amazon plus spotify or all that good stuff uh let us know some albums that are out there that we may not have touched on um that are really uh, uh really touching you guys so got good lyrics got good r&b things of that nature let us know what's going on with those so we really appreciate it all the stuff that's out there and now we're going on to the next part of this wonderful episode that we got a dang on learn about my girl up there. My girl up there, Twyla, doing a dang on thing. Once again, welcome, Twyla. My dang on going uh, mile high into the blue, Scott, whatever, Chair Force, all that stuff. Any name you want to give the Air Force. That's that's uh that was my road dog when we first got in when I first got in this. Uh, she kind of gave me the rope. She kind of was like, "Hey, uh, it's me and you right now up in this mug." So uh, we got to kind of like be cool and make sure we straight because things may be going on uh up in here. So we was we was good. We made sure everything was good. We kept go steady and was always supportive of each other. 
uh you know what I'm saying came through hung out with us at the at the at the house barbecues things that That's I just, so it was always good we always had a good time and hung out with each other so <clears throat> Twala I gotta I gotta do this interview thing with you and and I know you've been doing fantastic things up there in Ohio and um I'm really I can say I'm really proud of you and and the thing is that we was talking offline and you were still stating some little little uh statements that i was like i always be like twyla hey you know what i'm saying just <laughs> just gotta just make good decisions you know what i mean like we got it's all about making good decisions and good things will happen and you out here motivating uh the young ladies you out here you know what i'm saying uh making your kids are doing fantastic uh you out there holding it down and being a great great uh, uh sponsor for everybody out there and doing doing great things so i gotta give you applause out there i've been seeing you i've been seeing you out there so um i just wanted to ask like um you know starting off with your military career uh give us a little rundown of your background um so i've been in uh 20 and a half years at this wow. point yeah Joined active duty first, came off active duty, did the reserve thing for a year, then uh, finally made it back home to Ohio. Oh, nice. I think in 2011, and then maybe the year after that, a couple years after that, that's when I met uh, Lofton here. And like you said, we were <laughs> the only two look like each other. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, that was my homie. Taught, taught me how to play dominoes. Mm. Sit up and listen to rap music, listen to uh, the, the music he was producing and what he was talking about doing. So, um, gave me that infamous uh, Sergeant Hayes quote, make good decisions. So, I uh, <laughs> kept that in mind for the past 10 years. And I, uh, I tell my girls the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad that I could give just a little tidbit, you know what I mean? Be a, be a, a somewhat of an influence uh, in a positive way. So, and you talk about your girls. I mean, I know you have a you have a a, a, a good amount of influence on on the young people out there. I know you have your your girls, um, and they're into volleyball. Tell us about your 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 journey that you have with uh, your volleyball league and everything that you've been doing for the community. Um. So it it started out like. Some um, my my daughters wanted to play volleyball for this rec league. They didn't have a coach. So I was like, okay, I'll volunteer. I'll coach and all that. And then it just blew up from there. Um, I started getting my own following with uh, moms and parents that I met who were bringing their daughters over to want to learn to play. Met some great coaches and a director that had a training club. And he told me what his mission was. And I had the same mission. It's just like, get... Um, these girls in the inner city started younger in volleyball. So they know the fun, they know the basics before they get to middle school and before they get to high school. Like let's, let's do something big for our city. I like um, that. Yeah. So <clears throat> we got that together and kicked it off last year, had our first season, had a great season. Um, like I saw in Lofton, we started out last year. We had 78 girls try out. We wow. never saw for our in-house league and again we're a, we're a non-profit organization so shout out to our uh, sponsors that come through and, and help support these uh youth girls as well what's the name of the non-profit ma'am let me, let me check it out here see city heights volleyball club city heights, city heights yes here in, in columbus ohio 
And again, um, we're a nonprofit that helps the the inner city youth females get exposed to volleyball at a younger age. We do clinics, we do an in season, we do an in the season sand volleyball tournament. There's always a big hit. So we just kicked off our second season um, a couple weeks ago, just starting with our trials and everything. And we went from six teams last year to 10 teams this year. So we've um, almost doubled the amount of uh, participants. participants. And it's definitely, you can see the difference that we're making in the city. Oh, yeah. Like our teams, they're they're getting better. These girls are learning fundamentals sooner. They're learning them at a more advanced level. Uh, so, yeah, we're killing it right now. And my, my goal after this is, like, I'm trying to get these uh, – HBCU coaches and these college coaches, local, like we're trying to feed our girls directly into those scholarships. So that's my goal. That's what I'm working on. That's awesome. I like that. That Thank is uh that's fantastic. You know, I'm I'm glad and I and even though you know I'm not I'm not there in Ohio anymore, but you know, we was always cool and we was always, you know, what I'm saying speaking positive spot positive thoughts into each other, you know what I mean? Trying to make sure that um you know each one of us are, are are going in the right path having some good laughs while we were talking about it but it's always been a thing you know being able to see you know i'm saying some of the stuff you've been posting on instagram and on, on facebook and seeing how you found that thing you know what i'm saying you found that thing in volleyball and uh you know it, it coincides with you having a great relationship with your daughters and stuff mm-hmm. and getting them into it and now you're able to reach out to other other females and and it's turning into Hey, helping out HBCUs and helping out them girls and get that education and and having them build and be productive uh, human beings and, and parts of society to be able to change the perspective uh, of maybe where their life went. So I really uh, I really appreciate uh, and, and it has been all I've been in awe of seeing those things that you're doing out there. You know, what I'm saying I hit you up a couple of times like, yo, I see you. Like, I see you out there doing it, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And you're doing it good for the community, um, you know. So so you you got to give me, like, with, with every, all the influences and things that you've uh, also been doing, um, what has it been like and, and what has been kind of the, the cornerstone that you've been given the, the young ladies, you know what I'm saying? Like, not necessarily just even the influence of the volleyball, but life perspective you know have you used your military experience your your education experience and given them uh what what have you given them to help prepare them push them forward mm-hmm. i mean just being that ear um because like like i'm coaching um but i'm not their parent so i can see things from a, another perspective i can see it from their parents perspective and you know, sometimes they, they blow their parent off because they just don't want to hear what they're talking about. But they, they may listen to what I'm telling them. And then I'm I'm trying to set a good example. Like, hey, I've I've been in my career. Like, this is a career for 20 years. Yeah. I have three degrees paid for. You don't have to go to the Air National Guard. You don't have to go to active duty. But make sure you're doing something with yourself. Let's keep those grades up. Let's not be on uh, Instagram making fight videos. Like, be young ladies. I think that's a big thing right there. I want them to be mature, responsible young ladies. And they definitely, all that energy that they have, they they give me that energy. They, they brighten my day. And they may not know how much they do that, but 
I, I try to tell them like, hey, y'all make my day better. I'm sure you do. That sounds like a great influential thing. You're aligning these girls with purpose, really, and allowing them to, you know, find something that they can either have it as an outlet or improve other areas of their lives. And that's a fascinating thing about sports in general. You know, every now and again, you might run into an excellent coach that is, I, I know I've heard that story from a lot of guy friends um, and my husband from his basketball coach who actually turned his whole life around, you know what I mean? Um, gave him a lot of advice on life and things like that. And he was all about the sport. So, you know, when, when these young ladies, I don't, I don't see that. I don't hear that as much from girls as I do from boys. Yeah. So I think that's awesome that you're aligning them with that purpose um, and mentoring them and educating them on something better, something bigger, you know, not just staying here doing the same old stuff that everybody else is doing. That's just, you know, so that that's that's amazing to me. I have a huge interest in nonprofits. I volunteered a lot in the past, not so much where I live at now. My schedule has changed a lot. And, you know, I go between two homes sometimes. But um, I used to volunteer regularly and the holidays always kind of like pulls at my heartstrings and makes me remember these young kids and these young girls because I myself can't have kids. So um, I volunteered at a nonprofit for ch for children, women and children. Um, and to me, they were like my kids, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, so I think it's awesome that, that you do that for people, uh, especially those that don't necessarily have that support at home to be able to talk to someone. And you're right. It does give you an outside perspective of, um, you know, where they're, you know, outside looking in, well, you know, it ain't as bad as you think, you know, this is where they're coming from and give like a voice of reason to them where they might be struggling with something that they just don't understand. And then you can chime in and say, well, you know, they're only coming from a place of love. They only do that. They're only pushing you because they want better for you. You know what I mean? It's those kind of things that are so important to a young, impressionable little mind, you know? So yeah. And let you do that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I grew up in Columbus, so I can relate. I, I grew up, graduated from Columbus City Schools. I can relate on that end. So, um. Some of them went to a school I, I went to or they're going to graduate from a school I went to. So it's not like I'm a, a outsider coming in. Like, no, I, I grew up here, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know what was going on then. And then uh, for young females, 13, that's that age where you start to make decisions that's going to take you down your path. Yeah. So I'm trying to intervene before they go that wrong direction or at least put something in their ear that they're going to remember that I said that might make them change their mind. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's all they need is someone to care enough, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. And I really, uh, you know, uh, I'm really proud of you. <clears throat> you know, I mean, we used to, we used to clown <laughs> a lot up there at the command post doing the thing, but uh, I'm really proud of you. Uh, all the things that you've done, um, as you pushing for it, influence the young people of the future. Like you are, you don't understand, you know what I'm saying? What uh, effect that you may uh, do for the future of that community, that area of Columbus, of, you know what I'm saying? The state of Ohio, because those people could push on, go to Ohio state or go to uh, central state or go to Wilberforce. And then all of a sudden, they have that motivation because you were one of their coaches and one of their good influences that pushed them right. yeah. uh, into a better 
better perspective, a better direction, and then they're passing that on to their their offspring mm-hmm. in the future. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't understand the little things. You may you may I mean I know you don't look at it like it's a small thing, but you know, in in just putting together a volleyball club, you don't understand what ripple effect and what wave that can create that can really affect people into the future. And uh, that's one reason I want to have you on the show, yeah. man. I having a having a, a female perspective and a, yeah. and a and a woman that is out here really trying to change uh, the community, trying to change the perspective of uh, young women growing up. It ain't you ain't gotta be uh, you know bad baby, you know what I'm saying, and getting <laughs> no. BBs and all that and shot. No, you just be a fantastic, great person, influence yeah. the community, and trying to be the best person you can be. And and you're 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 what you're supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? So um I once again I applaud you. You're you've been a great influence. Thank you so much uh for coming on the show. And we got one more thing we gotta do here on the Make It Podcast. We always gotta respect your deck, you know what I'm saying? We gotta, you know what I'm saying? It's a music podcast. Yeah, we wanna help the community as well, but also we love the music situation. So, you know, we always gotta hit it up and uh figure out you know what i'm saying what the influences of your life in the music deal so talk to me give me you know we got three questions that we usually go down we go uh artists we go album we go song so give me the most influential uh artist in your life okay i'll, I'll give you this one because i have a whole story behind it it's always gonna be that first cd you remember walking to go get to the record store and for me it was that uh little kim and it was, was it, huh? Yeah, definitely little Kim. And it was because she said whatever she wanted to say. She wasn't worried about what they thought about what was going on. The, yeah. Hey, that's what I said. That's what it was. So I can respect that, that confidence you have to stand behind whatever you said. Like, I definitely can respect that. All right, we got the first little Kim of the show. So little applause for the first little Kim in in the podcast. You bring it, bringing the good stuff. All right, that's that's dope. That's dope. So little Kim on the first. So now, give me uh, your favorite your favorite album uh, that you had uh, as you were growing. Most influential album. Um, it was definitely like Salt and Pepper. Very necessary. It's one of those albums that had a message behind it. Uh, one of those things that you said you listen to and you might put it up for a year and then come back to it and then mm-hmm. into it then I didn't understand the message. It was like, oh, okay. But now that I'm older, I'm like, all right, I get it. That's what they're talking about. Like, I respect that. Like, there, mm-hmm. there's a positive message out. So, now I'm all about the female rappers. I'm not mad at you. There, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, you got a rep. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, but it's good though. We got the little Kim, got the uh, the salt and pepper deal. So now we're gonna give you the last but not least. What's that one song that either giving you some motivation, some inspiration, or is that that just go to, uh, you know, whenever it's a happy or, or a sad moment? What's that one song that always gonna put you in the right right space? Salt and pepper again. Push it. Oh, that's, that's, hey, yeah, you can't go with that. You can't go wrong with that. That playlist, that fitness test playlist, Push It is on there. It's going to come or it's going to play. It's going to be that last song when I'm coming across that last half mile. Like that's, <laughs> that's that, P, that PT test playlist got you. That PT playlist, like, all right, they're motivating me. They're telling me, push it, let's go. 
Yeah, that's definitely it. Oh, hey, look, I, I appreciate your list. We got Little Kim and two salt and pepper influences. Yep. It was it was a ladies' night tonight. It was ladies' night tonight. As you can see, I'm the only guy on the show. It was ladies' <laughs> night tonight. You know what I mean? So it was that was fantastic. So we really appreciate you. We respect your deck, Kuala. Yes. Here on the Midcatcher Podcast, we want to respect all the music and what influenced people and put them in the place that they are now. You know what I'm saying? Music is one of the biggest influences in people's lives. And, you know, it can it can push you to go like, yo, I'm ready to go fight with, like, move, bitch. Get out the way. You know what I'm saying? You ready to do that? Or you can just have, like, a cool, chill moment. You know what I'm saying? It bees like that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool like that. I'm like saying here's some diggable planets. Yeah, just yeah. Tell us. So it's like, you know, it's like music can push you in so many different moves. And we want to see what music moves you to where you were at and uh and got you rolling on that so we really uh we really appreciate you we yeah. respect your dick and once again hands hands together for a wonderful person Twilight. thank you for coming on the show we really appreciate you really thank appreciate you nice and let what's up i was telling melissa nice meeting her it was oh, nice to sure, you as well sure. it's been a pleasure <laughs> And we got one last thing. And I mean, Twilight, you can stay on the show for this real quick because it's going to be fast and furious. But we got the top almost four. And this is something like I got to get your perspective, Twilight, on it. (laughs) Melissa, you got to get your perspective. But uh, my topic for this week, um, the top four things that most Black Thanksgivings have. All right, since it's Black Thanksgiving coming up, what's the top four things that most Black Thanksgivings have? So I'm gonna give you some, give you some insight here. So um, you know, I mean, all Black Thanksgivings, you gotta have some collard greens and things of that nature. You always gotta have some drink going on. Uh, you know, you always gonna have like somebody that brings something really nasty. <laughs> you always gonna, you always gonna. <laughs> I mean, you always gonna have somebody that may not have as much melanin. It seems like that's a standard now, and they gonna bring something that's not <laughs> potato salad that be horrible or something like that. You be like, ah, ain't nobody eating that. But that kind of falls in the whole topic of this whole deal. So I got at number four for the top almost four black thing black things Thanksgiving has. I have um, at number four surprise new family member that nobody knew about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You'd be like, hold up. Like, hold up. Who the, who's that over there? Like, who did that? Who was that? Who who's who's secret? But I mean, that's is- interesting huh? because ain't nobody got nothing to talk about in a while because yeah. they see each other and they're like, oh, be like, how I get a how'd I get a new cousin that's my age? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> things like that. You know what I mean? Like it'll be interesting. So a surprise new family member, I would say that's at number four for uh top almost four black thanksgiving things have so uh next one is there's gonna be somebody that's drinking that's gonna spill a family secret that ain't nobody know that uh you know saying something crazy happened you be like hold up what grandma was a what nah (laughs) it'll be you know saying auntie was aware you know Mm. uncle was doing the huh you were like what they was out there was a dealer so you always gonna get some type of family secret that's gonna be spilled at a thanksgiving at a black thanksgiving for sure they're going to be something that happens. So we got at number four, there's going to be a surprise family member. At number three, we're going to have some type of secret that's going to be spilled that's going to just shake the grounds. And then at number two, uh, there will be a card game or a domino fight. 
That's what's uh, gonna happen. It's gonna be a card game, a domino fight. Somebody gonna be trying to get fisticuffs because somebody renege or they ain't count their dominoes or they yeah. hiding dominoes. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be something that's going on because you got a <laughs> you got a shiesty cousin out there, or you know what I'm saying, drunk uncle that don't know how to count their cars right, or you got mm-hmm. Aunt Sheila over there that be up there trying to uh hustle cars all the time. Yeah. So you're gonna have something <laughs> that go down. At the Black Thanksgiving. So number four, like I said, we had the surprise family member. Number three, spill family secrets. There's going to be a card fight. Number th- number two is going to be, there's going to be some kind of card game fight, a domino fight. And then number one was always going to happen at a Black Thanksgiving. They're going to ask who made this. It's <laughs> always, like, that's the number one thing that will always happen at a Black Thanksgiving. Somebody going to ask who made this. It's, it's like, oh, who made who made this? Oh, okay. If that's if that's not grandma's, then I'm not touching it. it oh, if that's not Uncle Such and Such's, I ain't eating that. If that's not Aunt Yoda Yoda Yadis, then I'm not dealing with that. So, I mean, you always gonna have who made this is gonna be on the level for a Black Thanksgiving. So I got it. I mean, that was my list. Unless you can think of something else. That is always at a Black Thanksgiving. I feel like these are the top four things. If you you will have one of these four things at a Black Thanksgiving, I can guarantee to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, talk talks to me. You you feel my feel like my list is on. Yeah, I mean, like we got uh, it. It was kind of like the uh, ghetto. What is it? Twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Three family members fighting two games of dominoes, one family secret, and a who made this? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, uh, there, there you go. Yeah, it's like, you know, Hennessy, uh, Chitlins. Hey, there you go. I mean, the food list, hey, the food list could be serious. Yeah, yeah. I definitely know who made this because you don't want to eat certain things from the cousin that's got roaches. Like, yeah, it's being not is moving. <laughs> A <laughs> bean just walked away. You'd be like, hold up. You'd be like, is that a is that an olive or what, no. what is happening right there? No. <laughs> so yeah, uh-uh. I'm not. Yeah. But yeah, Lofton, I, I rock with your top four. Yeah, yeah, that's that's legit. What do you think, Melissa? Did I miss something? No, I hey, think you, it's you, can, you can almost give me the uh, you can give me the Latino joint. The, what's, what's the, yeah, I mean, <laughs> is I got, there any added ones on there? I got a blended family, so it's it's a little bit of everything up in there. There is dominoes. Um, haven't haven't had all our family in one place at the same time, but my grandpa definitely used to be shouting with the dominoes. That's for sure. Uncles and uh, cousins playing that. Um, the who made this? Yeah, but not so much because we always already knew who was going to be up in the kitchen cooking their own specific dish because you don't cross boundaries when it comes to any other dish. If you got this signature dish that, you know, Thea makes or, you know, uncle makes or whatever the heck, you just stay in that lane and you don't try and bring the same dish because everybody knows it's a competition when that happens. But um, this year I'm trying to do something a little different. It's just going to be me and my husband, a small little low key thing. And I'm a huge fan of mac and cheese, but you can't just be eating everybody's mac and cheese. It's just not the same. But I saw a recipe from um, Patty LaBelle's, um, I think it was a YouTube page this morning. And I said, man, I shared it on Facebook because it looks so good. It has shrimp and lobster in it and like seven different types of cheese. And I, oh man, I love seafood. My husband is not a big fan of lobster, so I may just use shrimp. 
But um, that's definitely going to be on the menu this Thanksgiving. It's a switch yeah. up from the normal because there I do live go. in the South. I live in Alabama and I live in the South. So there's always, you know, Southern inspired things everywhere. That's a regular thing here, though. That's how I yeah. got so chunky out here. <laughs> you know, eating good in the neighborhood. But yeah, yeah. greens, you know, mac and cheese, cornbread, um, you know, yeah. just just varies. We might not do a traditional turkey this year either. I asked my husband, I was like, well, do you want to do like a Benin, like a Puerto Rican style pork? Or do you want to do, you know, ham? Or uh, one year we made one of those boneless turkeys, boneless skinless turkeys in the air fryer. And it actually came out really, really good. We put very little olive oil on it and dry herb and air fried it. And that thing was bomb. And it was yeah. very, it came out. Very, I mean, you weren't waiting half the day for it to get done because it was in the yeah. air fry and it was just a little boneless thing, you know? So that's something we may do this year. Just keep it small. The turkeys have actually increased in price. I watched that on the news the other day. I was like, dang, man. Yeah, that's everything. Hard. So the equivalent yeah. to how many pounds you would get um, in a ham or something like, not everybody eats pork though, but I do. Um <laughs> I do. I love bacon. I love Benin. I mean, my my part of my family is Puerto Rican, so I yeah. always love the the pork butt or the pork. Yeah, for sure. With the crunchy skin and the cueto on top, because that's the best part. <laughs> there you go. There you but go. Yes. Yeah, you, you know what? What what, what do you bring into the table? Stuff. Yes, yeah, like it's, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good holiday. I know uh, everybody is excited i done hit the grocery store and and got everything squared away for our uh for our holiday i know uh i know like it like you talking about melissa i know you got your stuff squared away i know twyla you got mouth to feed up there <laughs> <laughs> they they get in the kitchen with me so yeah yeah it's like I, the part I miss the most is being with my family like that because me and my sisters we used to throw down and we used to do this little little dance my mom kind of was the first one to do it it's like a little backward shuffle thing when something came out fire you know what i mean it was her little victory dance and it was like wow because my mom she can create something out of anything she's an excellent cook hostess with the most and always yeah. has been. that's what i I wish we all could be together so we could do do that and have yeah. that family thing. But I told my husband, he was like, let's just buy a Thanksgiving meal. I was like, no, if we're going to buy something, like maybe a dessert, yeah. okay, but let's get together. I want him to at least cook with me in the kitchen and do that together because that's it's a family thing, you know? Right, right, right. Always, always. Yeah. So, well, um, it's been a fantastic show. We ran yes. over a little bit, but it's been a great conversation. And I really appreciate once again our guests doing great things up there in the OH10, yes. aka Columbus, doing big things on the east side. You know what I mean? So I know what's up. So hey, once again, tell them where uh, they can find your uh, your volleyball if they want anybody out there that wants to get in touch with you on the volleyball. Let us know. Yes, we are uh, City Heights dot Club is our email address, and we're also City Heights. BC Victor Charlie on Instagram and also uh let's not forget it's um beat that team up north week. Oh yeah. I knew you, you had to bring that up. All right, okay, cool. <laughs> look, look, one of the reasons I'm glad I'm out of that <laughs> I don't have to deal with that anymore. So at that okay, yeah, all right. Oh everybody, you know, it'll be it's rivalry week everywhere. So everybody gonna be playing their games. Now I'm in Florida. So I don't have to worry about because if y'all lose, I know how sad the city of Columbus is gonna be. It's gonna just be all gloomy and and whatnot. So hey, I you know I hope for happiness for those that are north of me. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, all <laughs> happiness for everybody up there. Yes, so, yes. hey, uh, have a good one. So, hey, go check out, um, you know, City Heights and, and the Volleyball Club. Once again, check out Men Catch Up Podcast. You can find me at Lofton underscore Hayes MKP on Twitter. Hayes Adonis on Instagram. We got uh, Instagram. We got a Twitter I think we got a TikTok now for the Mint Ketchup Podcast. So go check us out. We got some stuff out there. Melissa, you got any uh, special tags or anything that you want to put out there? Um, no, not today. Um, right. But I'm, I'm really proud of you for what you're doing. That is amazing stuff. You're going to be changing some lives. And it was a pleasure being on the show with you today. And it's so nice to meet you. I've never been to Ohio, but I'd love to go sometime. <laughs> go in, go in. I'm going to say go in the I'll go right now. April. Oh, right now. Too cold. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. It snowed lit yesterday. So yeah. Come see oh April. yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and it was nice to meet you. Right, thanks for doing great things for those girls. Thank hey, you. not a problem. We really appreciate everybody out there. I think we're gonna be on hiatus for the holiday. So everybody out there have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Cook all the food. And then also, hey, if you find out and check the box. Uh, for those uh, for that list I got out there. So if any of those things pop off, let us know in the comments what went on. If any of your uh, you had any of those things from the top four that popped off in there. So have a great one. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be yes. safe out there. Those up north, don't be uh, sliding on the snow and things of that nature. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> down south, slow down with your driving. Why are you driving so fast? But you know, enjoy. Have a great one. Mid Catch Up Podcast, episode 32, The Miseducation of. We love y'all guys. Have a good one.